we're going to talk about methane. Um, it is, as you know, one of the targets of the federal government's emission reduction plan, a 75% reduction in emissions by 2030. Industry says, well, we're, we're more in the lines of 40, 50%, 45%. Um, new research out last week shows that if the oil and gas industry chooses to go to the 70% reduction plan, it would be cheaper for them than paying the carbon tax on emissions would be. Quite a bit cheaper, in fact. Like, maybe well worth the while. This is part of a report released by Dunsky Energy and Climate Advisors. They did this report um, at the request of the Environmental Defense Group, a well-known environmental group in our country. But let's go through it, because their findings are not dissimilar to other reports we've seen. That You know what? Cost-effectiveness could be found here. Let's chat with Chris Chapman now. Um, Chris is uh, with Dunsky Energy and Climate Advisors. Um, thanks so much for joining us, Chris. I appreciate your time. Okay, thanks for having me. Uh, let's just start, because when we talk about emissions of methane, it seems to me like it's it's pretty unclear where we might be starting from in terms of where we want to get to with reductions. you got to know where you're starting. I mean, just last week, I'm sure you saw the report out of Saskatchewan that emissions are 30 or 40 percent higher than reported. So how well do we actually know our starting point when it comes to methane emissions, and how do you account for that in your report? That's a really good question. That's one of the key uh, parts of our report was establishing the, the current inventory. Um, so methane is an invisible gas. It's really hard to keep track of. Um, it's not like burning fuel in a, a car where you can really calculate how many liters you put in. Methane at the source, especially in oil wells and gas wells, leaks out. So it's by nature, it's really unpredictable. Um, but in the last few years, researchers like uh, Matt Johnson at the University of Carleton have done really detailed studies using instrumentation and um, plane-based laser measurement. So really specific, precise things that are, are becoming more and more common. And we leaned a lot on his research to, to establish that current amount of emissions being uh, being emitted. And it is unfortunately higher than most of what we heard in yeah. the past. Um, and that's, like you said, that's kind of universal. Everywhere is finding the same thing, whether it's here in Canada, or the States, or even in Europe. Um, so yeah, that was the first step was to use those, the most recent research that is a lot more uh, precise. And that's how we, we got the baseline. Okay. So in terms of how all this breaks down, when you take a look at, okay, tackling this 75% reduction target, I mean, if you're in industry, it's dollars and cents. That's what it's going to come down to, right? Obviously. And you're saying, Hey, listen, on the dollar and cents case, you can actually be quite far ahead. If you do meet the reduction targets, what kind of savings are you talking about here? Well, it's an interesting point because these are, uh, we evaluated a whole bunch of different measures. So everything from like plugging leaks to installing new equipment and re changing the way we drill wells. Um, so some measures do cause savings. They, they increase the amount of gas that a company can put into the, the sales, basically. Uh, whereas others are, they don't generate any savings necessarily. They're just different ways of, of, uh, of building things. Um, so, Overall, on average, to meet the 75% target, we calculated there is still a net cost of $11 per ton of CO2 equivalent. So that is taking into account all of those pluses and minuses. It comes out still to a cost. But as you mentioned, I think it's still less than the carbon yeah. tax as a comparison. Okay, when we when we talk about carbon tax around methane, that's another one where it's kind of it, it it's it's in a slightly different category, right? We treat it a little bit yeah. differently than we do other emissions. Yes, you're right. So these 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, they're, they're hard to measure. So different provinces have approached it differently. Um, the, the federal government gives provinces the right to what's called equivalency agreements. So they have, they can exempt a certain amount of usually methane. Other provinces do different ways, but in Alberta, for example, they, they exempt a lot of this methane from the amount that's taxed in the carbon tax or right. priced, however yeah. you may put it. Um, so these, the companies aren't necessarily forced uh, by the carbon tax to, to implement these measures, but more and more of these specific measures are becoming parts of the regulation that the government's looking at. So that's how they're approaching the, uh, the mandatory reduction. Yeah, and you make a good point. Like, we're not starting from standing still here. A lot of these things are already works in progress. I mean, the Alberta government has said they've already come out and cut their methane reductions by, I think, like 40% since 2014 or something. So so a lot of this work you're talking about is already underway, right? Yes, absolutely. So there is, there is good momentum. Um, unfortunately, like we said, the, the baseline maybe is a little bit worse yeah, than we right. thought, but there is, there is momentum being built elsewhere in the world especially in europe they're looking very heavily at these things uh for importing canadian gas for example they want to know that it's it's well managed and a lot of u.s states as well are leaders in this so they're they're implementing more and more aggressive uh, inspections and different measures so there's there's a lot a lot of movement but we still have a lot of work to do definitely yeah but like you say it's uh, it's encouraging um chris thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate your time